Welcome to Fan Fiction is Good Actually, a podcast about how fan fiction is good actually. Uh, probably most of the time. That's the. I don't know why I qualified that. Uh, <laughs> I, it seems like a big swing to take than to yeah. like, quickly back off. Be like, I mean, most of the time, I think. No, I mean, as with all things, mostly good. But that's not as punchy of a title. Sure, that would have yeah. added one more word to my already needlessly long title for a sure. podcast to have. Yeah. Fan fiction's mostly good, usually, actually, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Change it. I'll, I'll change that right now. I'll, <laughs> let me get on our hosting site real quick. <laughs> no, I'm not backing off uh, my stance, incidentally. It's just, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not used to this. I, it's been uh, some amount of linear time since uh, I recorded an episode. It's, it's becoming a no man knoweth the day nor the hour situation uh i i apologize a little bit for that audience <laughs> but only a little bit because you know life life does that sometimes you know i, mean, I had y'all... surgery yeah and then we like went out of town to see my brother you know it, it's like that so. Also, listener, you're also experiencing the year 2023, presumably, and like, so you get it. You understand how yeah. wild it is out there. Yeah, it's wild out there. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff going on, mm-hmm. uh, much of which is not fun. I, look, I guess that's just every year now. Yeah. Um, but it's becoming particularly hard to be like a trans person on the internet, like right this second. Mm. Uh, it's not... Great. This is I'm somehow we've we've gotten into real bummers in the very intro of this That's podcast. Okay. Ronnie, Ronnie, you got to introduce yourself. Pick us I up do. a little bit. Tell us I, about I yourself. Do. Yeah, my name is my name is Ronnie. Uh, pronouns are they them. And I am a podcast host producer um, with where they may radio. Uh, you might have heard my voice on ending pending uh, among other shows that I've I've kind of smattered myself across against across the Internet. Um, and as, as is very pertinent to this episode of fan fiction is good, mostly all the time, sometimes actually, um, I am a big Taylor Swift fan. Yeah. Ronnie is one of my few portholes into the Swifty (laughs) fandom. Uh, I only know that it is like a fandom capital F because of Ronnie, really. I didn't. So uh, I had a guest on a while back named M who uh, told me that she was a big Madonna. So separate from being a big Madonna fan, she was like in the Madonna fandom. For sure. And I expressed surprise at that because somebody who's not really into music, mm-hmm. I of course understood that musicians have fans and some of the the musicians have extremely adamant fans Mm -hmm. but i didn't really categorically think of them like music artists as having the same kind of fandom as like books or television shows have uh but the more i thought about it the more i realized of course they do like of course fans are creating like fan works and elaborate theories and uh like diving really deep into musicians and singers and uh, performing artists of various kinds like i guess uh the the k-pop bands and also uh one direction are like the Mm -hmm. most emblematic music 
fandoms, but certainly I have no of the day into that. for sure. That is yeah. that is the case of the day. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, right now, yes, yes. I mean, Madonna, Madonna, Prince, like those are the 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 harbingers of the pop fandom. But I mean, you talk about people who traveled with the Grateful Dead. Uh, fish fans are like a, a whole other echelon. Um, this is this has been a thing for quite some time, and it's very cool. Fun fact about me: I've never been to a concert. Uh, so I, that should give you some indication of how disconnected I am from sure. music as a, a whole thing, as a whole area of culture. I like music. I'm not, I like, I like listening to music when I hear it, but I'm extremely uncool when it comes to <laughs> no music. Yeah. No, you've watched many a, uh, anime AFV. <laughs> Yeah, but those like those only exclusively use the the most popular music of the like 2003 <laughs> to 2012 approximately. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody was digging deep for the AMVs. Sure, they was sure. yeah, yeah. Also, I know that was a dunk. I know you were dunking on. No, me it's for not a dunk. It's just, listen, I, I am when it comes to music like i do not i do not feel this way when it comes to most media your television your movies i i can get like a little elitist and a little judgy but when it comes to music it is truly like whatever speaks to you like i i i do not partake in country music for the most part but if that's your thing if you are really into ska if you are really into some like death metal stuff i love that for you and if your thing that like kind of just whether it was because that was like what was cool on YouTube or because you really resonated with those AMVs. I am like, I am here for it. I'm excited that that was your touch point when it comes to music. And I'm, I'm, I, you know, wasn't me, but no dunks, no dunks here. We'll dunk on people later. We will certainly dunk on people (laughs) as we discuss the, the uh, illustrious Taylor Swift. But for now, no personal dunks. All right. Yeah. uh, So how did you, I ask everybody this. How did yeah. you become a person who's too into things, who likes things just slightly more than is considered normal and socially acceptable? Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it really kicked off, I would say, with probably Greek mythology. Um, mm. I, I I really jumped into that hard, and my friends all went to a, a parochial school, if you will, a Catholic school mm. that I did not oh, attend. Yeah. And um, one of their older siblings was like, oh, I got to write a report on this on on Greek mythology on like the I'm forgetting what the book is. But if you know Greek mythology, it's like the Greek mythology book that, you know, maybe you had to read in in seventh grade or whatever. Um, And I was like, oh, I've never read this book, but like I will absolutely answer your questionnaire about greek mythology and Is it so bullfinch's mythology yes I feel like yes, yes yeah yes. that's the yeah that's the one i had to read yeah yep. um and so when my friends who were a couple years behind that 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 student uh like it was just like yep yep ronnie will will write all of the essays <laughs> ronnie will do all the greek and i was like this is the best friendship that i have ever been a part of this is this is an excellent symbiotic relationship um and uh the the next step for me from the greek mythology unfortunately which really got into the fan work stuff was was the boy wizard was was the mm. the, the the creation of the turf um that like i don't even think we need to 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 you know 
explain yeah. further that, but that was certainly my uh, hyperfixation for many a years. Yeah, you don't need to say, unfortunately, like almost everybody yeah, in fandom yeah. brushed up against Harry Potter at least a little bit. Also, sure. let me take this moment to say uh, uh, in previous episodes, we've talked about Harry Potter and about uh, J.K. Rowling's descent into turfiness. Mm -hmm. uh, some of my early episodes were recorded before she uh, descended as far as she had, yeah. has now into the seventh layer of turfiness so um if you're uh, listening to those older episodes uh, i apologize for not denouncing her even harder than i yeah. am right now i still did say like wow yikes that's yeah this is a big concern uh uh now it, it is full-on like sirens uh uh throw that bitch directly in the trash I yeah. shouldn't say bitch. I'm not going to use, like, gendered insults. <laughs> throw that fool directly in the right. trash. Throw that turf um, in the trash. Throw that turf uh, in the trash. Turf. Don't be a turf. Uh, yeah. But that was my, that was my you know, fandom of interest. I was, I, even yeah. amongst the people in my school who knew, who were, who were fans, who read the books, who liked the movies, I was the Harry Potter person. And yeah, like, so there was, was I. Big same. There, there was a part of me that was like, that was definitely like not they were not complimenting me in that way, but it was also like a badge of honor that I personally wore. It's like, yeah, I'm the Harry Potter person. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, I got very into I don't think I ever wrote anything. I definitely wrote essays like within the world. Like what what happened here? I was a, a big subscriber to the HP lexicon.org. Um, mm. which was a fan site that like had a lot of like essays and, you know, it was, it was kind of, it wasn't a forum kind of thing, but it was just very, very deep dive information. And, um, from there, I, I, I remember, uh, getting book five and then at the, around the same time we got AOL. And so I was in Harry Potter chat rooms and they were talking about the ending of book five. And I was like, oh, gosh, I got to I got to finish book five so I can know what they're talking about here. Wrapped it up and then got in there and I was like, what's this thing where people are acting out roles that like are not from the books, but like are they're talking to each other? And I threw myself headfirst into the world of AOL chat room HP roleplay. Um, nice. I had a family that I would I would play several characters from um, with other with other people on the internet. Really uh, did some did some deep dive into my own self and my own like gender and sexuality as I tried to like m weave my way through those those uh, treacherous waters. Um, yeah, that was it was a huge part of my life for a, a very long time. Um, and that is definitely like brushed up against the Harry Potter fan fiction. Definitely read a lot of uh, Harry X Draco, um, and I think I'm better for it. I think. I mean, I, I, again, it's it sucks. Really, we sucks. all passed through fire, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's probably good that I didn't have internet at the height of my Harry Potter obsession. Probably. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how my life would have been different. Fascinating to contemplate. But I did have no fewer than three Harry Potter themed birthday parties sure. as a small child, and um, this this kind of unlocked a hidden memory. Uh, but 
before I had internet, we did have a computer in the basement in the guest room for uh, like word processing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. We had MS Paint and I had a CD of the Zumbinis. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I remember for some reason, I don't know why I did this, if it was like a prop for one of my parties or if it was just purely for the joy of it, but I did type out several newspaper articles like in like as though it was an in-universe newspaper Mm. for harry potter and i made a little ms paint drawing of you know the remember i think it was in book four where the like death eaters turned up at a quidditch match or whatever i did a little ms paint doodle of like this the snake skull in in the stars you know and i wrote up like a like several newspaper articles as though it was like an in-universe newspaper. Uh, I I I wish I had saved that somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that I didn't. But I'm gonna go out of um, limb and say that was not a prop for a party, and that was just that was just for Evan. That was that it, was that it was just it very a personal... well might have been. But I was like I was probably like ten or yeah. what? What year did that? What year did book four come out? That would have been two thousand five, six. Okay. So I was fourteen, maybe sooner than that. I don't know. I don't I know. I, always, I, I was. Yeah. I was a small. I was a small little little kid, and I made a fake in-universe Harry Potter newspaper just mm-hmm. for me, just for me, and my basement computer (laughs) oh oh the memes oh the sweet Mm -hmm. sweet memes um personally that's about as much harry potter talk as i can stomach uh yeah but uh yes yes that was that was my my uh foray into this and then i think as a reaction to that um right after i was uh put you know put my childish things behind me uh, and, and closed out of the AOL chat rooms uh, was when I started, when I decided to get cool and when I decided mm, to yeah. become very masculine and cool and too cool for all of that stuff. And so that yeah, really obviously. was like the, the end of it for a long time. Um, and so I, 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 I'm, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back in it, in the mix <laughs> in the fanfic geek uh, fandom uh, liking things too much because you know it's it is cool to like things now mm-hmm. um, and to to be able to to be earnest and honest about that on the good old world wide web. Uh, it came out in two thousand, by the way. The book wow. did, yeah. So yeah, book, it book, was the movie. It was the movie that you were thinking of that well, came out in like two thousand five. Yeah, book, book five was the first one that I was like, I I, I like read as it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until that, I, I I just read them all when I got to them, which was you know not not quite that late, not two thousand six, but regardless, yeah, I, I dates dates and numbers are hard. Um, yeah, I have an extremely poor recollection for dates. That's why I had yeah. to look it up. It didn't feel right. Anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Yeah. How did uh, like now that you're uncool again? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big day talk, for me. We got. <laughs> We got to talk about your your uh, current obsession. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I. So so. 
I don't know that I consider myself to be a quote unquote Swifty. Um, that that and that I will get into later. But I am certainly a a. Would I say a, Would I say that I stand Taylor Swift? I don't even know if I would go that far. Mm. Um, but I I very much am locked in the world of Taylor Swift and and hanging on the words of Taylor Swift. Um, when I say that I am not a Swifty, it means that you know when it's revealed that her private jet is uh, single-handedly destroying the rainforests <laughs> of Brazil, um, I say, wow, stop it. Don't do that, Taylor. That is a bad it's thing fucked you're up doing. of you, Taylor. It's yeah. really bad. You do not get a pass for that, um, as opposed to making excuses for her. And, and, and you know, right. that is that is Stan Swifty culture uh, that, yeah. that, that is, is pretty... Uh, common i would say it is it yeah is not just in, in the young folks who that is that is common for in any fandom but like general uh swifty fandom uh either the excuses or i can just ignore this thing this thing doesn't exist this thing is not a a, a situation um so yeah you've got in every fandom you've got absolutists both yeah. ways where yeah. some people are like this director has never done anything wrong or sure. this actor has never done anything wrong right. and then you've got um absolutists the other way who are like this show is problematic and everything about it is morally tainted mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so it sounds like you have uh, a normal healthy relationship with the thing that you like Ronnie ah! <laughs> <laughs> we will get into that um I so 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 what 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 is the the best next step to kind of give an eye into my uh world of Taylor and how I got to this point or more just the general you know, how did Taylor become this thing, this, this, you know, mm. much of a monarch in, in the music industry? Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess give me just, just the cliff notes of, uh, like Taylor Swift as yeah. a, as a mythological figure, sure. you know, uh, yeah. uh, which I'm sure exists independent of Taylor Swift as like a regular human person. Taylor Swift as a cultural <sighs> phenomenon. It's that is an interesting dichotomy to make, and I, I it, it's it's one of the things where like I think that certainly plays into what makes her such a cultural, you know, you said phenomenon, yes, a cultural phenomenon, but a like long-standing phenomenon where like the, Taylor Swift the brand and Taylor Swift the person, I don't know how much distance there is between those things because Mm -hmm. of the way that taylor swift has like methodically planned and crafted these narratives um so i I would say elegantly but like just so strictly Mm -hmm. um taylor allison swift was born on december 13th 1989 a, a sagittarius which is a big important deal um she uh, was born uh, very close to me in uh, West Reading, Pennsylvania, um, and she was she lived there till she was like fourteen. Her parents are super wealthy. It's it, it, mm, it, predictable. There's, there's yeah. no doubt about that. Her, it, even the Wikipedia is like her dad was a, a, a hedge fund manager for Merrill Lynch, <laughs> and her mom <laughs> her mom is a former homemaker. Who then went on to become a marketing executive for hedge fund managers? Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like even they try to couch it a little bit. 
Um, but what the and she grew up in a small town, which is which is very emblematic of Taylor Swift music, where she gets to play both sides of having these super wealthy, great connections parents, but also like this is a small town. Like that's that's all of her music, which like. She's not lying. <laughs> like she did grow up and she went to why I'm missing high school. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not a lie. It's just a bit of a half truth. Um, but she vacationed or, in the Mediterranean. Exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, oh, yeah. One of the things that is like a part of her, her history is she was for a large point, portion of her life in Pennsylvania. She was raised on a Christmas tree farm and it's no. like, Oh, <laughs> that's so like, elegant and kind of like hallmarky but the christmas tree farm was per it's not like a family farm it was purchased from one of her dad's clients as like a tax haven <laughs> like mm, that's mm, the degree uh, to yeah. which like these multiple <laughs> things can exist at the same time like right right, right. yes it, it gives her the the inspiration it gives her this like backdrop for her success but the success was really like you know, she's a very successful person. I don't want to take uh, that su- The success was really baked in. She is talented. Yeah, she's I'm not, very I'm not, talented. But also, I'm not, uh, in any way. Of, yeah, yeah, there's lots of Nepo babies out there who are extremely talented. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, just have there's that a, extra hand up. There's a ton of talented people in the world. Yeah. And the ones that succeed, um, just, right. you know, they're boosted a little bit by the fact that they've got a ton of money yeah. and social cachet and stuff the ones who can have their parents uh move them and their entire family to nashville at the age of 14 to pursue a a record deal that is the kind of people who succeed and that is exactly what what taylor allison swift did um and then she has her career and you know i don't have to go i I, the taylor allison swift was born december 13th that's a fun little intro but i don't have to go bit by bit from this point forward She was was very talented. She became a very talented country music singer, well regarded, very young and and pretty, and so that like catapulted her success. She crossed over into pop um, as as a, as an older teen, and then you know that really I, I don't want to say that like catapulted her, but that ability to um, bridge across genres. Um, really helped expand the appeal of Taylor Swift. You know, she she was, not only was she doing what country music hadn't done, which was like uh, appeal to young girls, um, specifically in like high school age and stuff like that, in a way that, you know, Blake Shelton wasn't doing. She was able to take that success and say, okay, well, here's a pop hit. And, you know, mm-hmm. okay, now these people are listening to her country hits, pop people are you know, excited about it. Country people are listening to pop hits. And then she just begins to kind of like take over the world from that yeah. point here. Have this series of absolute bangers. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and so that I think like explains like the, how she was able to amass a fan base. And, you know, I, that, that is, I'm not saying that that is easy by any means, but any person who you hear on the radio has amassed a fan base. That is, mm-hmm. that is, you know, basement level for being in the music industry um you know she does some interesting things she writes her own music which is very common in country music a little less common in in pop um not unheard of but definitely a a big deal she writes all of her own music she is the primary writer on all of her own songs for 
most of her albums, she is the only writer on her songs. Uh, more recently, she has been a bit more collaborative. Um, but that gives her like ultimate control as, in terms of like what her words say, what she can weave into her words, which is like mm. the other point of it. Where I'm, I'm starting to see how yeah. this became a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ta- Taylor Swift is, you know, you have your artists who you write a song and you pick it apart. Taylor Swift is an artist who says, who is on the record. You can find videos of this where she says, like, if you want to listen to music and enjoy it a normal amount, there is a lot of artists out there who you can go to and you can even enjoy my music. But if you want to sit there with a red pen and a highlighter and pick apart my lyrics and find Easter eggs and find the hidden clues in everything I say and do, my music is for you. And I welcome you to to engage with my music in that way. And this activated the brains of thousands of people. <laughs> it, it activated the brains of people who had already like kind of parsed through and was like, wow, there seems to be some really deep meaning behind this. And I can connect this song to this song. It's, it's, it's literary analysis. And I think that she certainly and has said she considers herself to be a writer first and a singer performer second. That's just the way that she can convey her, her writings the best. Um, you know, it's it's literary analysis, it's um it's it's media literacy, um, it's it's all these things that like have enabled her to plan her life three, four years in advance and leave clues as to what is happening in three to four years in this year's album. Um Maybe maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself by asking this, but yeah, Ronnie. Yeah. In your opinion, uh the the Easter eggs that she puts in her songs. Are they, is this shit really that deep or is it, um, kind of, I don't know. Uh, uh, is she revealing stuff in the sense that like all her songs are connected and like the themes are connected and she makes reference to the same things. Or is this like, uh, subliminal messaging, play it backwards <laughs> level shit. Like, uh, like she's she like Illuminati level stuff, or is yeah. it just like my songs are connected because I care about the same things and like I express my feelings about those things throughout my music and like you know the relationships I'm in uh, affect my mood and I you know express that in ways that are like carry through my music you know that do you understand what i'm asking like yeah i I think that you could ask that question of like 20 different taylor swift fans and get 20 different answers and and 20 Mm -hmm. different like qualifications of like well i mean as the as we've discussed the very healthy taylor swift fan that i am (laughs) i think it's 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 very much low column a column b she wants people Mm -hmm. to engage with her music because it's a marketing thing you know if you Mm -hmm. especially now in the era of streaming if you listen to uh, the new album 30 times looking for the hitting meetings, that's 30 more plays on her album on Spotify. <laughs> um, there's definitely elements of it that are that, and also elements of it that are like, she knows the songs that she is going to be writing or like the, the vibes of the song she is going to be writing. And maybe, maybe mm. there are songs she has written that she's like, this will come out in four years. I can like plan a little seed now and it'll be a fun Thing for fans to, to engage with in four years. Um, in the past 
several years, she has gotten it has gotten a little deep. It has gotten a little mm, deep where okay. she has, uh, especially in a visual standpoint, in music videos, in you know her directorial uh, um, beats, which honestly have just been long music videos. <laughs> I don't want to give her too much credit for her, what she calls the all too well ten minute version short film, where it's just it's just a long music video. Mm. Um, there have been a lot of visual cues and representation that like the there is something happening, there is something deep going on. And, you know, it, she is inviting us to be a part of it and wants us to, to, to pick that apart and, and to be engaged with her music in the way that she is, which is extremely. I just got done uh, rewatching the uh, it's called Miss Americana. It's a, it's a documentary on Netflix about the lead up to her album Lover, which came out, I want to say, in like 2017, 2016. Um, and it she. Whether or not this is as deep for the listeners, this is as deep for her. This is okay. This is so she's, everything. She's selling this like it's lost. Yes. Like oh, there's yeah. so there's so many threads. You have to put everything yep. together. Okay, yep. gotcha. Yep. And and I think the difference is the people who take those threads and peel them apart to be this is everything. This is, she's giving us this one clue and this unlocks everything. And the people who look at it and say like this is a fun thing that she's integrating into her music that might say more about her a writer because she is the writer. You know, it is, it's, it's where it comes down to like, is this an Easter egg or is this like the codex? Is this, is this mm-hmm. the Rosetta stone to understanding everything that has happened ever in human existence? And I think, again, it is, it is somewhere between those things for me where it is. She is the writer. This is media literacy. This is, you know, uh, going through and analyzing the literature just like you would analyze a short story uh, or something like that for the hidden meetings and, and the, the subject matter that it contains. Um, and so like that, that while she has the fan base that has created a very integrated fan base, a, a fan mm-hmm. base who is not only interested in Taylor, but interested in discussing with other fans about what is happening in Taylor world. And um and, and you know keeping this this huge net this uh, uh, of relationships going on and on and on whenever she does anything whenever she releases something on social media whenever she releases a single whenever she releases a music video or a remix of a song it's 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 all um very <sighs> this is i will say the word calculated and i don't mm. mean that in the way that it's like the people that will criticize Taylor Swift of like everything is fake and calculated and nonsense. It's just extremely planned out the ways that, that she talks about wanting people to like her and wanting to be loved and how she can do that through music and how she can create this facade of herself in order to uh, make people engage with her. There's a lot there that like, is it calculated or is it just, this is what she's doing and this is how she is finding joy. And this is how she is, is, is moving throughout the world in order to do the thing that has gained her praise um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. doing so in a very calculated way. She, you know, in the, the, the final song on the most recent album midnights is called mastermind about how she, you know, everything that she has done has been like very carefully planned out and, and very carefully, uh analyzed so that she can like have 
the outcome that she prefers. And that outcome is lots and lots of people loving her in a stadium. And there's a lot that's there that is extremely sad and a lot there that like, I mean, she got what she wanted. Like like she, Mm -hmm. she did the thing, but um, yeah, there, there's, there's, there's a lot that can be said for that. Uh, And that kind of has created this, this interconnected web of Swifty fans who are interested in engaging with other fans um, in a fun way, in, in, a, in a way that like, you know, the Grateful Dead and Madonna and, and, and Fish and Beyonce like kind of has garnered that. Mm-hmm. Um, also in the same way, like the Game of Thrones fandom, sure, has, you know, come sure. together to talk about theories and like they're they're overanalyzing everything and rereading things and talking about it on forums. Yeah, I, I totally get it. I totally get that uh, mindset. And it's, you know. Yeah. extremely clear how that um, that sort of thing that like collective problem solving and collective pattern seeking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. really brings people together the the next step of of the the evolution to where we get to today's Taylor Swift fandom is that Taylor I, I wrote this down because I wanted to use specific words um, you know tapping into underserved genres writing her own songs uh, inviting Easter egg hunts. She's this mastermind who knows all this stuff and, and knows it all in advance. And she has been involved with some hugely galvanizing, very, very public media transgressions mm-hmm. in the world of the music industry. Um, I, I, I'm interested to like how much you, how, how much of a touch point you have had for some of these things. Are you aware of, um, Taylor, I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had the best music video of all time. Does that yes. quote ring yeah, that was gotcha. That was a meme briefly, and I sure. do remember. Sure, uh, yes. Yeah. Taylor wins music, music video of the year at the 2008 VMAs. Um, is that Kanye that said that? Kanye okay. West hopped up on stage, <laughs> took the microphone from Taylor. Young Taylor. I mean, this is, this is uh, 2008. I... She, she's 17, I think, maybe 18, mm-hmm. um, takes the microphone from her and delivers that. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had the best music video of all time to which mm-hmm. the entire room is just like, what is happening? This is it's not the first time Kanye West has done something like this, but this is this is. Not that there's a sense of decorum at the VH1 Video Music <laughs> Awards. This is not the Oscars. But, like, right. there was certainly, like, an unspoken, like, what is happening? This is nonsense. A lot mm-hmm. of people kind of, I think, thought it was planned. Um, and that began, like, this this tumult of, you know, we need to protect Taylor. Like, this is a horrendous thing that has happened to Taylor we need to go on the defense for Taylor. We need to really make sure that Taylor is protected at all costs, which becomes it is is like the first step towards that toxic fan base that you see a little bit with like maybe Lady Gaga's Little Monsters. Um, I don't know if you're you're super familiar with them. Um, believers to a certain extent. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it 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 gets a little ugly fast, but it's certainly like. Taylor Swift handled that well of, of like, yeah, I was a Kanye West fan. I mean, he's Kanye West and, and like, I, I'm not like 
crazy about how that went down, but like, I, I guess I'm just going to move forward. And, you know, in the documentary, she specifically talks about how people were booing Kanye West, but she kind of received that as like, she's the person on stage and they're booing. And for someone who builds their life around receiving praise and applause to be booed is just like, it, it, it's the end. Your career is over. Everything is going to crash down now. Um, and so people, you know, that is that galvanizing force, you know, that, uh, became, uh, she, she years later ends up forgiving Kanye and, and Kanye, she shouldn't have not because that was the worst thing he could have done, but because he's a Nazi now. Uh, yes. Yes. Well, and, and, <laughs> not that anybody knew and nobody could have known that at the time, but, uh, also, uh, fuck yay. Ye goes by ye. Yeah. Ye. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. It, it's because so, Kanye so, is yay, yeah, yeah, but the right, sneakers yeah. are ye- Yeezys, Yeezys, and, and yeah, one of his albums uh, is called Yeezy. Um, whatever, dude, dude, dude's a Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Kanye West unfortunately factors a lot into the fan, the the creation of Taylor Swift, and and mm-hmm. to which he knows. Um, th- this this brings kind of kind of forays nicely into where I am at with the Taylor's fandom at this point in history. Early Taylor, you know, this was 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 fairly fresh off of me being too cool for school. Um, I was a guitar player. Taylor Swift predominantly uses a four chord pattern in all of her songs with the capo on it. And like it, it seemed lower echelon of the music industry for me. And so I was and it was chick music. You know, I'm a big yeah. dude, bro. Listen to yeah. dude music. Things that teen girls like. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Which I, you know, I, I have uh, uh, apologized to many uh, uh, friends from high school being like, hey, no, you were right. <laughs> this, is, this is good stuff. Yeah. Um, sorry, teen girls. I, I, I yeah, we, 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 we all owe that. Um, but uh, so the, the whole Kanye West taking the mic thing happens. This is when I'm starting to get more into the music. Red, uh, 1989, these albums come out. And then um, re-enter Kanye West. Kanye (laughs) West makes a song called Famous, which includes the line, uh, I think me and Taylor might still have sex. Uh, Yeah, I made that bitch famous. Um, Oh, she's very young. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is many years later. She's an adult at this point. Like this is, uh, they, they have patched up things. Like they have like a, a friendship quote unquote. This is, this is when, um, he is, he is with Kim Kardashian West. Um, okay. And so like, this is, this is, this is fairly recent history at this point. This is, okay. I want to say, I was saying she was like, she she was like 17 when that happened. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, like, he's still a lot older than her, and that's a also a weird. Her, that's a weird hard, thing to say about your friend, especially when you are equating like, I, me and Taylor still might have sex. Yeah, I made that bitch famous. Talking about a moment when she was seventeen, eighteen years old, like, like mm-hmm. you are, you are putting those two pillars right next to each other. Of like, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm so famous that I still might have sex with Taylor. You remember her. She's the one that I embarrassed when she was a teenager and I made her famous. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah, weird. Not, weird. uh, not, weird. not illegal. Just, uh, just bad vibes, man. Real bad vibes. He releases a, mu- which like this, this felt like the, the much bigger thing to me. He releases a music video, which is 
filled this is the music video for famous is filled with wax figures of like modern celebrities including Kim Kardashian including Donald Trump including Taylor Swift naked in a bed with him and it's like it's just so weird like I understand that dude even, even at the height of his popularity Kanye was a a and and the like <laughs> the bottom of his Nazism <laughs> Kanye West was like a a figure who was very controversial but like it that struck me as incredibly strange on top of being invasive and just creepy. Yeah, um, weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, the song coming out uh, led Taylor to be like, whoa, like, that's not okay. I'm not, not all right with that. To which, on Snapchat, Kim Kardashian released a series of videos. You know, Kanye West is this very... Uh, you know, whatever you feel about people who really are interested in the work that they personally do themselves, he is that. And so he mm -hmm. records all of his life uh, for, you know, documentary, for posterity, whatever it might be. Um, and they had video of Taylor Swift on the phone with Kanye before the song came out and him getting her okay on the lyrics. Um. He, he is recorded as saying, like, yeah, me and Taylor still might have sex. And she's like, oh, okay. well, I mean, like, that's controversial. But, like, I don't really have a problem with that. Like, I'm, I'm glad you didn't say something mean. Like, oh, like, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's it is viewed as Taylor giving the OK and then later being like, actually, I don't like this. And now I'm going to demonize you for it. Mm -hmm. A sizable amount of the Internet. I would say a majority of the internet lashes out at Taylor for this. And I will say, I'm not, I'm not proud to admit it. I definitely like saw the videos was like, yeah, this is pretty incontrovertible. Taylor, like this is, this is kind of shady by Taylor. Um, the internet completely turns on Taylor Swift. Um, snakes become like her thing. People, there's that thing in, on the internet where like, if you post something and haters of yours come in and, and have something to do snakes was was the thing haters would come into taylor everything that taylor did on instagram every comment and just post snake emojis uh on the entire comments um it was like it was it, the, the taylor swift is over party was trending on twitter like it was it was huge it was a major major deal um and like i said I bought into it. I was like, yeah, wow. I'm not that big of a Taylor Swift fan anymore. That, that really like feels shitty. And this is before Kanye West Nazism. I just want to it. Yeah. yeah make yeah, sure yeah. I put a, put a, yeah. A, a Nobody saw that coming. Yeah. Uh, everyone who's becoming aware of Kanye West slash ye right now. Uh, nobody, nobody saw Nazi right. Kanye West coming. I mean, it, it, it was very, it was, you know, very, privileged white girl taylor swift accusing black rapper kanye west of like taking his mute taking things too far in his music like it, it it is more nuanced than that but when you boil it down to that point it's easy to take a step back and be like huh this seems like a bad look for taylor and it was and 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 the optics of it were terrible and taylor came out with her 
um, which is also, I think, became a meme you might be aware of. The, like, I would like to be, I, I would please like to be removed from this narrative. Like, um, I don't one, remember that one. <laughs> no, yeah, that was that was a big one. It was more of, like, a, just, like, a text-based, like, I would like to be removed from this narrative. One that I have not asked to be a part of since 2008. And at that point, Taylor Swift disappeared. Taylor Swift what went media, social media dark, was not seen out in public for a calendar year. Um, when she comes back, she releases the album Reputation, which takes the snakes and uh, really takes the entire like shady, shifty kind of persona that everyone was, you know, painting her as and reclaims it you know um snakes become her thing uh it's a very like edgy album very like dark and very like hard um you know beats uh not acoustic guitar that 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 taylor swift was kind of known for um they're burning all the witches even if you aren't one so light me up like that level of 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 lyricism um and it was released in 2019 that the videos were doctored or that they were only shared in like, um, you know, half truths. And oh, like the audio of her agreeing to yes, it had yes. been had been fucked with. Yeah, basically, the the further explanation of it was like she was very afraid of being of him being mean to her as as, as like mm-hmm. adolescent as that might sound. That was that was her sticking sure. point. And sure, so, sure. Like, so she kind of gave like uh, non-definitive responses to him yeah. asking her if it was okay, and he maybe clipped some things out to make it sound like she was more on board with it. I'm yes. assuming, yep. yeah, yep, yep, yep. And specifically, she was like, "Oh, I'm just glad it's not like, wow, this stupid bitch, I hate her." And like for him to like this was before the song was released, for that to be like her concern, and for that to be exactly what he put in the song. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, not not great. Of course, he can do whatever he wants. He, you know, he can make yeah. whatever music he wants to. But to like feign like, oh no, Taylor signed off on this. Like, don't even, don't even sweat. Like, yeah, yeah shitty, I, shitty. Also, I have no horse in this race. Sure, but <laughs> okay. um, it sounds like even if she had been okay with it and then said publicly that she wasn't okay with it, I don't think that's that big of a deal like um you know people first of all people can change their minds about things they're of similar levels of fame it's not like this was some like indie artist whose career she ruined by saying like that was kind of fucked up that he said that yeah not to jump into the controversy a decade (laughs) late or whatever but like it just seems like it was kind of a nothing burger to begin with you know i don't know and and it also like it, I think that is very accurate to look at here in 2022, and it also is very exemplary of like this is the culture we were in where dude bros like me who thought Taylor was a bit overinflated had reason to take her down a peg, and mm-hmm. because she is a young, attractive, fairly privileged artist who makes music that is 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 pretty fluffy and not really you know heavy duty when it comes to. Um, you know, arena rocking stuff. It's, it's, it's love songs. It's chick stuff. Um, it 
it gave everyone the permission they needed, men, women, non-binary folks alike, to just be like, yeah, she deserves this. Like, she deserves to come yeah. down a few pegs, which is to, would never to be... happen to a dude that was... These same people were saying this exact same thing 10 years earlier when Kanye West took the mic from her, that Kanye would have never done that to a a, a male artist or to a more successful female artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and now here we are being like, yeah, like, it, it's okay to say this to Taylor because, like, she she can afford to come down a peg. She's not as great as she thinks she is. Yeah. To be clear, I'm not surprised that yes. like everybody fucking like had a hot take about yeah. it. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, hearing about it now, right? Um, right. She maybe sounds like she maybe didn't sounds like need everybody to be, needed to. Yeah. She maybe didn't need to be exonerated in the way that she was, but it don't it don't hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. And that that gosh, there's so I I fear that we are getting a bit too in the weeds, but there's like suffice to say, there is a lot more that that is happening with, you know, uh, her masters, the the music that she has created um, with uh, with her former record label um, being purchased away. Um, and, and so she doesn't own, I mean, most artists do not own their masters. They do not own yeah. the rights to the recordings. Taylor Swift does not. She does own all of the publishing rights, which is fairly unique for, for musicians. She owns the songs. She just does not own the recordings. Um, and they were purchased away from her by a dude that she specifically did not want to work with because he was shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, Scooter Braun. I I remember hearing about this. I thought okay. this was cool okay, how she yes. re-recorded all of her music so that she didn't have to work with this dude yes. anymore. And yeah. and Scooter Braun, uh, she she left the the label because he was in charge, didn't really want to work with him. And then when she went to try and purchase her masters, she's a hugely successful artist with millions and millions of dollars. She can do this. They made it clear they were not selling to her, and instead sold to their new owner who mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you know has, has sold them off like when you make a purchase like that you don't usually make the purchase yourself you get a hedge fund involved and they give you money and, and you say no this is a great investment let's buy it together I'll, I'll you know recoup some investment from this too um and she was she said like i'm gonna re-record all of my music and i'm gonna convince all of my fans to only listen to the new music and they said good fucking luck like that's not uh-huh. you're not gonna do that you're not gonna convince all of these average fans to listen to music when like to to just differentiate between what is you know tim mcgraw and tim mcgraw taylor's version um good luck and then she did and it. then she fucking did it that's it's the, the power of fandom ever. baby she has, she has since recorded there's only six albums that that are owned by our big big machine and now the, the the masters are owned by scooter braun and his investment group um but she's already done it with two fearless and and red she has red taylor's version and both of them came out to st- stunning praise and huge numbers and and she is resetting records with all of her original music that she's already written she's just re-recording and releasing vault tracks with it it's really like it it's it's not i i'm i think she would much rather own her own masters and there is speculation in the community the fan community that like we will not get all of these taylor version albums because eventually 
the masters that they own will be so worthless because no one <laughs> wants to listen to them that they'll just say, yeah, they're, they're nothing here, Taylor. You can buy them because they're important to you. Um, and then we, she won't have to re-record all this stuff. But she is making more and more money hand over fist being able to like do this and sell the same record 15 years later and release these extra tracks and do all this media leading up to them and, and all these music videos. And it is, you know, I love Philly and I will, I will claim <laughs> Taylor as a Philly girl. Taylor said, fuck around and find out. And and, and they, and they are think, finding out. I think part of the reason that she's been so successful with this tactic is because People, people love a fuck around and find out yeah. story. People yep. love the, people love the spite of this. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. people are very familiar with the idea that there are a lot of like skeezy dudes in the music industry. You know, all of the stuff that happened to Kesha is yep. like public knowledge. Yep. So I don't know. I don't know shit about whoever it is that owns Taylor's Masters or whatever. But I think sort of the public was primed to receive this information that like Taylor got screwed by some skeezy dude in the music industry. And now she's taken her life back and she's taking control of her art. And people like responded to that narrative. Uh, So I think that's why, you know, being not a Swifty, I I knew about this happening and I, again, with no horse in this race, was like, <laughs> yeah, that rules, actually. Yep. She should do that, and people should listen to her versions. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it, you know, she she has, she has what she has done um, for herself is, is a huge deal. But she also, like, this is a huge thing for recording artists. Like, this is a huge thing where people now have to think twice about, like, do I do I own my masters? Is that something I can negotiate for? Because it was such a big deal for Taylor Swift. And like, is there a way that like I can, you know, a lot of labels will own the masters in perpetuity. And like, maybe that's not a clause anymore. Maybe that's not something that is mm-hmm. written into contracts. She uh, held her music off of um, all streaming services for a long time. You could not listen to her music on Spotify uh, or Apple Music or anything like that, um, because she looked at the deals that people were giving her, one of the most uh, eclectic music stars in the world. You know, she looked at it and said, "Like, no, this is bullshit." Until someone can make a deal for me that is fair in this new world of streaming, my music is staying on physical, and you can buy it on iTunes. And what she ended up doing was raising the tide for all artists to get their chunk of change. Like she made it better for any indie artist who was slinging their music on Spotify to make more money. Like she, whether it is intentional or whether she is like looking to be this like trendsetter or whether it is like, just she's getting hers and oh by the way it's also going to affect everyone around me it it, she is having huge ripple effects with everything that she does in in the music industry she just she what another thing you may have heard is that she is basically single-handedly bringing down Ticketmaster, the monopoly where they're going to charge you a butt ton of fees uh for no good reason and charge you more for seats, even though there's plenty of other seats available. Um, 
just because they control all of the means of of ticket purchasing. Mm-hmm. She, you know, there are on the I was in it. I was I was in the Ticketmaster waiting lines to get tickets to her new tour and it went terribly and 2 days later I had uh, notifications on my phone that Congress was sitting down with CEOs of Ticketmaster to accuse them of of monopolies and it's like this is is it all because of Taylor? No. Is Taylor Swift the figurehead and face of this kind of like push towards making things more fair, not only for artists, but also for consumers? Like, it's hard to argue against it. It's hard to Keep- hard to, to look at her and say she is not the uh, driving force behind all of this. Yeah, so that, I mean, that that is kind of like the very brief, uh, what is it now, 40, <laughs> mi- 40 minute <laughs> explanation of how Taylor has kind of gotten to where she is today um it is you know a fandom that i'm a part of and i'm very happy to be a part of it i would say and this comes back to my earlier points i don't consider myself a swifty what i would consider myself is a gayler and that Hmm. is a subset of the taylor swift fandom who believes that taylor swift is a bit fruity is mm-hmm. is a member of the okay, queer it's, community. It's time for the deep lore. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's Taylor fandom lore time. Yes. Ronnie, I want, like, don't hesitate to go on about this as long as you feel yeah, like I'll sure. split this into two parts if necessary. But, like, the, I, I, I want to know, I want to know yep. the Taylor Swift fandom deep lore. I want to know where the yep. threads have led people. I want to know where, yeah. like, what... What drains are we circling yeah. in the Taylor discussion groups? Um, so I, I think it's it, in, I could go chrono- chronologically again. What I will say is I had heard rumblings about this um, years ago, um, back maybe during the reputation era before Gaylorism was quite the thing that it is now. Um you know, I had heard about them releasing tracks, bonus tracks with um, the new albums and talking about like there was a girl that was involved in Taylor's team when she was touring as a young person who they quietly removed that person from the team because her and Taylor had a relationship. Um and, you know, it was brushed under the rug and never heard of. And I was like, that seems strange. That seems like a bit off from like what I know, because what I know is Taylor dates a bunch of dudes like Taylor dates lots and lots of dudes and then breaks up with them and then writes songs about them. Like that is the that is the formula. That is what mm-hmm. has gotten Taylor to where she is, is, you know. She writes beautiful lyrics and wonderful music about dudes in Hollywood who, like, are not great. And, Mm -hmm. you know, wash, rinse, repeat. And so I don't think much of it. And then um, several years later, I start doing a little bit of digging. and, And people are a bit louder than I think that they had been before. Um, on Taylor Swift subreddits and 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 this is like general subreddits and general places talking about how she's very very close with her bestie 
supermodel, Victoria's Secret supermodel, Carly Kloss. Um, does that name sound familiar to you? Does that ring any bells? If so, only very vaguely. Yes, she she um she, she's married to a Kushner. Um, she is like I said, a model. She had a big like um coding class, like code with Kloss or something like that. Was like a STEM initiative that she tried to get in get on board. She's been around. She you know she mm-hmm. she is is not as uh brightest star as taylor but in her own genre in her own world she certainly is mm-hmm. tall beautiful blonde looks a little bit like taylor which is another element of things <laughs> where like a lot of these women that taylor pursues are kind of interchangeable for taylor's look um in a broad sense they are best friends roommates um they were roommates um <gasps> Also, and, she's rich. They don't need to be roommates. Yeah, like, yeah, she can exactly. live in a house by herself. <laughs> exactly. Um, and they go on this big tour. This big, Not even a tour. They go on a, a road trip together to Big Sur. Um, mm-hmm. And take all these pictures. They share clothes. Um, all of this is like posted to Instagram. You know, daisies in their hairs, in their hair, like back and forth. Um, They just have a very, very sapphic appearing time at Big Sur. And it's very public. And Vogue, several years later, does like kind of a, a retrospective. And like they go to Big Sur again. and But this time with Vogue camera folks and stuff like that. And it it's... It's very much like, oh, they're such bad, good friends. Their their relationship is so close. They're besties. They they like you know. It's it's everything. Um, and through the music, through so many things, um, one of those things is an event called Kissgate, which at a 2014 show, uh, a concert. For a band called the 1975. Um, it is reported with some video evidence that has been like scrubbed a bit from the internet that Taylor and Carly are arms around each other, very engaged with each other, and share a kiss. And, you know, that kind of jump starts a lot of, of, People pointing to that and saying, hey, that seems different than what we've known to be Taylor's whole thing. Looks what gay, bruh. Looks pretty gay. Um, I will say, and, 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 and this is where I can kind of put some disclaimers and make some excuses for this thing. She does say right around that time, I wish people would stop... Um, shipping me and my friends basically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. doesn't say i wish people would stop saying that i'm gay doesn't say that like it doesn't say i'm straight and like everyone needs to get on board with that says i wish people would stop uh accusing me of dating my friends mm-hmm. definitely complicates things uh, complicates my fandom a bit 
Um, this is something that I and and this is this the people that I will dunk on. This is what the Hetlors, um, which are the the fans that that uh, will die on the hill that uh, Taylor Swift is a true blue heterosexual American woman. Um, this is what the Hetlors point to a lot as like you're gross. This is disgusting. How could you do this? She said this already. Fair, granted. Mm-hmm. Um, she was 23. It's a long time ago. She's this is 10 years later. Not saying that, like, that totally exonerates me. A lot of people will point to, like, the, you know, don't, I, don't come out for somebody. Don't, you know, uh, make people uncomfortable to the point where they feel like they need to come out before they're ready. Which I agree with. I totally understand. And, and that is not something that we seek to do. Mm-hmm. I will say this also. I do not speak for the entire Gaylord community. This is, yeah, this yeah, is just, yeah. I, this is my thoughts on this thing. I also want to, yeah, like, establish the difference between, like, tweeting about your speculation about somebody's sexuality and privately, like, chatting with your friends, like, yeah, I think Taylor Swift might be gay. Like, uh, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, whatever, we're not going to, we're not going to make a big deal out of it. But, yeah, yeah, because there's, uh, I would say that there is, it, it is extremely inappropriate to publicly conspicuously uh like harass yeah. someone with speculation about their sexuality uh whereas like you know everybody everybody has like chats with their friends and you know with people they're close with about like is yeah you know th- right. that was a, that was a thing that somebody did that you know we we think we should examine a little bit but yeah and i think there are definitely gaylers that take it too far I think there are definitely mm-hmm. Gaylers who will not let Carly Kloss have a moment peace without mm-hmm. mentioning Taylor Swift. I, I think there are a lot of people who won't let Taylor have a moment's peace without mentioning Carly Kloss, which, like, if things are true and, and Carly has a husband and some babies, like, is not the greatest thing in the world, even if Taylor was in a romantic relationship with Carly Kloss. Yeah. Yep. I also think there's something to point to of, like, I and what I think the Hetlore community community comes in with pretty hard is do not assume someone's sexuality how dare you accuse them of being the sexuality which doesn't allow for what they're doing which is all these these men that taylor has been reportedly romantic and intimate with has also just been speculation uh-huh. And assuming heterosexuality yes. is still assuming heterosexuality, right. Right. all the heterosexuality is not perceived as a thing because it's the default, right. quote right. unquote, in society. And that that seems to be like the, the resounding thing of just like it's it's disgusting to point to Carly Kloss and say that Taylor Swift may have had a relationship with her. It is completely normal to look at Taylor's music and say that she had a secret abortion baby with john mayer and their yeah yeah oh there's there's some it's bad like like they are she is married to her current boyfriend she had a secret um uh pandemic baby that she's keeping secret from everybody and these things are very normal and reasonable and and Uh... not disgusting things to think about somebody but the fact that they could have been gay that's that's disgusting um Mm -hmm. A lot of Hitlers will point to the Kit Connors of everything. Um, and uh, you're familiar with Kit Connors? Am I? Is he an uh, actor? Actor for, I, I, I think the show was Heartthrob or 
Heartstoppers or something like that on Netflix. Um, I don't, I don't plays so. plays a queer character. Um, eventually, just this year or, or late last year, came out as bi in a kind of like, hey, I didn't really want to do this, but like it feels yeah like the, the it's it's a little too loud out there. Yeah, I am bi. Mm-hmm. To which, like, yes, it's it's unfortunate and horrible that Kit Connors had to come out before Kit Connors was ready. I would, and I don't know the situation, the ins and outs of this, based on my experience with, within the Gaylor community and, and kind of dealing, I wouldn't say battling, but dealing with Hetlors, it's probably a lot more likely that Kit Connors had to come out, not because people were saying, hey, I think Kit Connors might be bi, but because a large amount of fandom were like, no, no, he's obviously straight. He's obviously mm. straight. Can't you see that caused the controversy of like, hey, I feel like I need to address this now because now there's like yeah. misinformation and the, out there. The also, well, also the um, the sort of sentiment that's in vogue lately that like it's, bad and wrong for a heterosexual to play a queer character mm-hmm. and obviously this guy is heterosexual so fuck him right um that's uh right that's bad that's a yep. bad thought to have there's yep. i mean of course there's a, a, a plenty of conversation to be had about um like representation as far as like actors playing uh uh marginalized identities that they uh, align with uh, things like that. There's, there's, you know, perfectly valid and intelligent conversation to be had about like how casting should be handled for mm-hmm. minority characters. Um, but uh, saying uh, "fuck this guy" because I think he's straight and he played a queer character—that ain't it. It ain't it, guys. Yeah. Don't do that on the internet, please. Please, I'm yeah. begging you. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so much. Um, the other side of, you know, there's the side of it where it's like, I can make excuses. You assume heterosexuality, just like I'm assuming queerness and like it, both of us are probably a little murky here. Mm -hmm. The other side of that is that Taylor Swift is not an actor who performs the works that are written for her. Taylor Swift is not even a musician who performs other people's songs that are written for her. She performs the songs that she writes and mm-hmm. she writes some extremely sapphic shit. And she also, writes some there's very the, gay stuff. There's the, there's this whole thing where she is actively inviting people to yeah. like, dig deep and interpret her yep. shit, uh, which really adds a layer of, of complication to it. Because if she were not doing that, if she yep. were not saying everyone, there's deep meaning in it. There's something, there's a code that I'm telling you that you need to crack. Um, I do think people would be approaching this a little bit differently than they are. Yep. Fan Fiction is Good actually is part of Where They May Radio, a small family of podcasters just doing our best. You can keep up with Fan Fiction is Good actually on Twitter at fanficisgoodpod, and you can reach Evan via email at fanficisgood at gmail.com. For bonus content, including bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash WTM radio. Where they may radio.